0: There's a problem you've uncovered. And rather than saying the only way to do this is to do this, it's not. Better way to do it is just to start doing something that'll start teaching you about what the real demand is and whether your idea really has merit. And the cleverness in an entrepreneur today is not how great the idea is when it's in their head. The real talent is how well can I fake it and figure some stuff out. Hey, everyone. I'm Mark Randolph, and welcome to That Will Never Work. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. Netflix, which I co-founded, it was actually my fifth startup. And since leaving there, I've had the opportunity to work with scores of early-stage companies and talk to thousands of aspiring entrepreneurs from all over the world. On this podcast, I speak with folks who are at every stage of building their own businesses, whether they're leaping from side hustle to self-employed, or are already generating revenue and ready to take things to the next level. My goal is to draw out their biggest challenges and then try to nudge them a little further down the path toward realizing their dreams. If you've been told that will never work as much as I have, you've come to the right place. Together, we'll prove the naysayers wrong. Today, I speak with Gurpreet, an empathetic young woman who's turning her professional training as a nurse and her personal experience caring for her ailing mother into the seed of a new business. She's definitely got the right background and spirit. The question is, what's the best way to test drive her Uber for home care concept? Have a listen. So, Gurpreet, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really eager to, uh, to talk with you about this, but why don't we just start Why don't you tell me what you've been up to and then maybe what you want to talk about?
1: Of course. The past year or so I've been really thinking about and wanting to plan out something of my own and wanting to start something. And it's been a lot of deep dive as to where I wanted to go and finding my passion and my purpose. And actually after listening to your podcast with Jay Shetty, really sparked some flame into me, whereas to I really want to be able to find that within myself, I came across something called I made up connect to care. It is an aspiring app that, you know, I want to build for the patients that need assistance at their home, kind of like an Uber, but for healthcare services. So you're able to locate a healthcare provider that's in your location, and able to book them. So based on what you want, profile wise, um, you're able to connect with either let it be a licensed practical nurse, registered nurse, caregiver, even a social worker or or a counselor based on your needs. And this would be either based upon assessment from your GP, you'd be eligible for this care, or if you need something last minute, and you need somebody to help you, it would also be done privately.
0: So that's interesting. Why don't we back you up just a little bit? What were you doing up until your life was changed by hearing me and Jay Shetty uh, talk?
1: Very good question.
0: So I'm kidding, of course.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know what? My mom just passed this year, and she was battling ovarian cancer, stage four. Seeing her for the past eight years, struggling with that, but just having such a great smile and positive attitude about everything. I noticed with our care, um, it was getting difficult. I have been in the medical field for about 10, 11 years. I've studied licensed practical nursing and have been currently in retirement living, helping with seniors. So my base assessment upon that came to a more enlightenment type phase when my mom needed services or when I saw my seniors needing services so me trying to brainstorm and trying to find the best and most effective way for us to provide service to them where it's easy in a sense that's something that i've been planning for some time but finally have come to terms as to where i want to go with it but my concerns are how do i make this app how do i voice this out who do i reach out to and how do i come up with the funds so There's so much that's kind of interlaced. Again, this is a great idea that I've come across that I want to execute, but the question is how?
0: So if I understand it correctly, at this point, it's entirely in the idea phase. Correct. It's in your head. You haven't made any concrete steps toward making it real yet. Yes. Let me see if I can read your mind. The more you think about it, the more self-evidently right it seems, and the more you can see How it could expand and grow and then begin taking on new fields.
1: 100%. You are correct.
0: Fantastic. Yes, it's a very common thing. We have an idea, it's so nice and warm and safe inside our heads. It can grow there undisturbed by the reality. It's a wonderful idea until, of course, it collides with reality and then you discover all the problems with it. So maybe we should attach this in two different ways. One is, let's talk a little bit about the idea, but I'm hesitant to spend too much time talking about the idea because I know the idea's flawed. And not because I know the idea's flawed, but because every idea's flawed. And the trick is, we have to figure out a way to discover why it's flawed so that you can begin modifying it to make it work. But to start, let's just talk a little bit about Uber-like services. On one hand, this could be Uber-like because with Uber, there's not an infinite number of choices. There's maybe five, six. Strangely enough, I haven't used Uber in like nine months, which is an amazing thing to say. But I think if I remember how it used to be, there was a black car, there was Uber X, there was Uber Pool. There was a handful of different things based on your need. Right. And then beyond that, you didn't care. You weren't specifying UberX, oh, and I want a Prius, and I want it to be red, and I want to make sure the driver is between the ages of 31 and 37. No, you go, I just need a ride, and I want the UberX experience where I know I'm getting in someone's regular car and they will take me and I count on Uber to have made a choice that this person's a safe driver. So in that sense, your idea fits, which is that you have four or five choices. Like you said, do I want a registered nurse? Do I want a non-registered nurse? Do I want a et cetera, physical therapist, et cetera. Okay. The place the model breaks down a little bit is when you use Uber and Mark in his red Prius, age 31 to 37 in my dreams, shows up to pick you up and gives you a great ride, you don't say, oh gosh, that was awesome, Mark, and then I want to use you again. You come out of the restaurant and now you're working with uh, Santiago. And then the next morning when you use someone else, there's a continuity of using Uber over and over again, which Uber takes enjoys their business model that way. But there's not a continuity of the person they match you with. Yes. Because you don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take Uber for hairstylist. Now you're kind of getting in the middle here because you go, No, I tend to go to the same person to cut my hair every time because they learn my hair. I like it. I like them personally because I speak to them, correct? And so that's a slightly different model, isn't Mm it? Yeah. And now you have a different thing. Because now the app becomes much more about scheduling rather than about availability. With a car, I don't care who shows up. And so Uber can say, let's find the person closest to you who is dropping off a ride nearby. With Uber for hair, no, you do care who shows up most of the time. So let's take your idea. Where does that fit on the spectrum?
1: Very good question. So with that, I think about this. This is the vision of it all is I think about person-centered practice, because what I've noticed is like you said, when it comes to care, you want somebody to come in who already knows you and be able to provide that care for you, right? How do we make that happen? It's kind of like a matchmaker.
0: That's my point. Exactly. So it is not Uber because it's a very different business model. That business model is much trickier. And I'm warning you about that. And one of the big problems with that business model is, I'm sure there's a fancy industry term, but slippage, where you go through your company and you book someone and you go, this person is great. And you're chatting while the person is uh, helping you or helping your mother And the person mentions they're getting paid $12 an hour. Mm. And you go, 12? I'm paying 18. And then you both look at each other and go, I know how to solve this problem. Let's split the difference. And then it goes off platform. And so a lot of the people who've tried this business model for hair care (laughs) find that's what happens. A lot of people who've tried this business model for maid service find the same problem in that you find someone you like and you go, I'm just going to cut the side deal because there is a incentive to have the same person. If you don't care, then the incentive is putting a premium on spontaneity and availability, which is what an Uber delivers. Okay. So I'm not trying to throw water on the idea because the thing that you've done, which I think is really great, is you've identified a need and you felt that need directly, partly through working with your mom and partly from your experience in the retirement living communities. So you know there's a there there. So let me talk the second thing that you need to do. We'll get to the punchline in a minute about what I really want you to do here. But the second thing I want you to do is to think through, is this a novel idea? Do you think you're the first person who's thought of this? No. Okay. Do you think you'll be the first person who's ever tried it? Um, Possibly try it because I haven't heard it. Okay. So there's two reasons why you may never have heard about it. And let's see if we can guess what the most obvious one is. Well, there's three possible solutions. We can guess what the most obvious one is. One is no one's ever tried it before. Okay. Next option, people have tried it. People are doing it. You just don't know about Mm. it. Third one is people have tried it and it didn't work. And your job is to figure out which of those three it is. Neither of them should discourage you. Mm -hmm. If you genuinely, after lots of research, go, oh, my gosh, no one's ever tried this. Rather than being scared, you go, that's great. I'll try it. Or you begin looking around and you find that in um, France, wow, there's an incredibly successful app that's doing this. That's good news. It means your idea was a good one. And then you begin to look at it and you go, oh, gosh, they're doing some interesting things. Could this work in the U.S.? Why isn't it in the U.S.? Or you find it in the U.S. and you say, oh, that's great, but they're working with dental services. I can apply it to the So not necessarily a discouraging thing. The third one is the one that you've got to be the most careful about, which is you begin finding examples of that it's been tried and it didn't work. And then your job is going, well, why didn't it work? And all three of those exercises are ways for you to see how your idea existed in the real world without you having to spend time and money doing it. Mm-hmm. Someone else did your research for you, especially if you've seen three or four examples, of people who tried it and didn't work, because they'll be happy to talk to you. Call them up. What went wrong? Why aren't you still working? And they'll go, oh, we misjudged. We did this and everyone began going direct or whatever the reason is that it didn't work. Okay, here's point three. And again, I'll, I'll stop in a second so you have a chance to, if we want to redirect where we're talking. At some point, you might go, I can't help myself. I've got to do this. But there's a lot of uncertainty in your idea. I'm not saying you don't have all kinds of beautiful clarity in your head. There's all kinds of unclarity about what's going to happen, about what is the right way to address these challenges. And I've just pointed out some superficial ones. So your choice is I could spend all this money, recruit a co-founder, have my app built in um, Uzbekistan, spend money launching it, and find out that way what doesn't work. But wow, that takes a lot of time, a lot of money, and probably you don't have either of those. So the question here is to go, let's try and figure out a way to hack this. Let's try and figure out if the app is the fundamental ingredient in this equation. I would probably make the case that the app is not the fundamental ingredient in this equation, that there is a way to hack it. By hacking it, I mean, is there a way that we can fake the experience? And it's not going to be as they say in the startup game, repeatable and scalable. If it takes off, it's not going to work. But can you begin doing the experiment without the app? Mm. So you're connected to the healthcare. I'll ask you in sp- specifically in a second. How hard would it be to find 50 care providers? How hard would you be to find 10 potential people who are looking for a care provider and see if they're willing to let you do the matching manually, mm. either using text or email or um, phone? Yeah that you go, when you need someone, rather than picking up your app and hitting a button, if you need someone, call me and I'll get someone to you in 30 minutes or whatever your promise is. And do that for a month and wow, you learn a lot. You'll go, gosh, I I have 50 people, but none of them are free in an hour. All right, wow, I got to change my timeline to 24 hours. Or you go, great, I introduced this person, but then they went direct. So I am a matchmaker and not an Uber. So now what can my business model be to be a matchmaker? How much do I have to charge to make that work? Now I'm realizing, my gosh, my supply is limited. Each time I make a match, that person is no longer someone I can match with anybody else. So I've got to find someone new. In other words, you'll begin discovering the real reasons why your idea is good or bad, Mm -hmm. rather than the ones that are imaginary that are in your head. And I do not want this to discourage you. Mm -mm. I want you to say this is a starting point, that there's a there, there, there's a problem you've uncovered. And rather than saying the only way to do this is to do this, it's not. Better way to do it is just to start doing something that'll start teaching you about what the real demand is and whether your idea really has merit. And the cleverness in an entrepreneur today is not how great the idea is when it's in their head. The real talent is how well can I fake it and figure some stuff out. And believe me, if you stumble onto what works and you go, wow, there's a huge pool of people who love working this way. And wow, I was wrong. People who want care don't care whether it's a different registered nurse who shows up each time to give them their injection or take their blood draw, whatever they need. Then you've learned something incredibly powerful and you do it manually. And all of a sudden you're going crazy. You're working so hard. And then you give me the call and go, now how do I raise money and how do I recruit a technical co founder and how I build an app? And man, once you have all that data that you've discovered, once you've hit your pick in the ground and oil is squirting out all over the place and you're gathering with buckets, it's easy to find someone to loan you the money to build the oil well.
1: Yeah, I hear you. What you're saying is 100% on the ball. My thing to it all is a couple of things. Now, when I think about it, I think about COVID. I think about yes, we have a vaccine. Yes, it's not mandatory here in BC for people to get this vaccine. I can go and get a caregiver that probably is still in the midst of receiving it because right now here in BC, it's long-term communities, seniors that are getting it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's like a whole different ball game.
0: That's great. You become Uber for vaccines. Because no one cares who shows up and gives you the shot. Me, yeah, those are great ideas too.
1: But my thing is that when I talk to adult children on the phone regarding finding them the best care at a community, so that's my job is a community relations coordinator currently, is to find the best fit for their mom or dad. And when I talk to them, And they're dealing with this current situation where they get eligibility for care providers to come in through the hospital to their family's home. Now, the issue is and concern is, hey, you know what, I'm getting 10 different care providers coming in to my mom and dad's home. I'm scared that they're going to catch COVID. How do I limit that? I've cut off the service entirely. You know, when I have those conversations, it makes me start thinking, my wheel starts turning as to, okay, what can we do? And I go back to that matchmaker thing where it's like, how do I find the best care provider to the best, this patient and their needs? So this app, yes, there's so many ideas and so many dead ends, but that's not discouraging me to not keep thinking about how to make it better or how to do a roundabout in that cul-de-sac of that dead end and try to figure out, hey, you know what? There might be another way out.
0: Yep. I think it's smart. It just doubles down on my belief that you should be doing this, not with an app, but manually. manually. At Netflix at the beginning, we were in the DVD business, DVD shipping business, and we had DVDs coming in by the mail, DVDs going out, going onto the warehouse shelves. And there was always this temptation to want to build robotics to handle this because we had people doing it and we had people lined up at card tables doing it. And it was always very purposeful not to build the robotics because the robotics locked you into a certain way of doing it and we realized we were still figuring it out. And with humans at card tables, you could sit and watch and go, you know, Mark, trade places with Mary and you shuffle this, you do this. Or what if we moved it this way or did this operation first? And in two seconds, they'd do the change, and you'd see whether it sped things up or slowed things down. Someone would be on the line and go, I'm going to try this. And they'd try it. and It would work. The experimentation rate was so much faster by keeping technology out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And then there ended up being things where we go, wow, we've been doing this the exactly the same way for three months. We have people with letter openers opening the envelopes. It might be time to invest in a robotic machine that opens up the envelopes and takes the DVDs out, but only after we determined this was something that we were going to be doing for the long-term and high volume. And I think you should think about it the same way. Do as much as you can manually. Don't worry about the fact that it won't scale. You'll see the learning will be so fast as you try. Maybe it's uh, vaccinations. Maybe it's matching parents. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And you'll know it when you see it. Because then all of a sudden you'll be going nuts with people wanting to do something similar over and over and over again. And you'll then begin to recognize the business model, too. Who pays for this? Is it sustainable? Is the repeat business? All the things that will go into eventually you building a sustainable organization. Okay.
1: I hear you. Now, another thing that comes to mind when you say do it manually. Now, there's so many care services out there. I can name a whole bunch off the top of my head. But it always comes down to the best fit for my parents because again, it comes back to my parents don't want 10 people or they don't want such and such and such and such. And it kind of takes me back to that matchmaking idea where it's like, you know, maybe that would be the best bet. But then how do I execute that? Do I find the 50 care providers and see who they're able to match?
0: Did you watch? Was it Indian matchmaking on Netflix? Was that?
1: <laughs> I did.
0: So okay, great. Yeah, that was awesome. But what was amazing is you know there was no technology yeah. involved in that. Yeah. And you know Ayenta, there's no technology in that either. It's understanding a person's needs, understanding someone else's needs, and yes, okay, Cupid, if to use an old-fashioned example, or Tinder to use a more modern example, are using metaphors to try and use technology to match people. But the question is, if your idea is, I think AI can do something that humans can't, maybe it's a good idea, but you're probably the wrong person to do it unless uh, you have your master's in AI or your best friend does. It's just not going to be the right thing for you. But if you can demonstrate there's a there there and that, no, the effort it takes to make a match is hugely labor intensive, but I can do it that what AI would allow me to do is to do it at scale and do it economically, that's a different proposition. Because again, once you've demonstrated people want what you have and that there's a business model behind it, then it's not an overwhelming lift to recruit someone to help you who can help write the AI that does it and to raise the money to do the AI that does it. But neither of those things is going to happen unless you demonstrate there's genuinely a need for what you're talking about and that matchmaking is the key to it so prove it at the small scale and then use technology to offer it at the large scale but i'm terrified of you investing a million dollars building out the technology to do matchmaking launching it to great fanfare and find out that no one really wants it because you didn't understand the need viscerally i hear you or that there wasn't a business model that surrounded it. And you can find out there's a need. You can understand whether there's a business model that'll scale with it by doing it manually. Again, it's not repeatable or scalable. Can't build a business that way. Maybe you could, but that's not what you're thinking of. But you can really learn what the market wants. You can learn what the supply side looks like. You can learn what the economic models are, how the pricing should be. You'll learn so much. And then when it comes time to get someone to help you, You're not doing that. Imagine if you will, you're doing. Look at what's happening. And then they'll get excited because they'll see the way that their skill set can help you. They'll want to build the technology to do what they see you doing manually. It's a very, very different ask. And the same thing goes for the money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely something to think about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, stop thinking for God's sake and do something. Yeah, you're
1: right. You're right. I I am.
0: You're never going to get it all right in your head. Yeah. You'll think forever. And the thing that you finally realize is perfect. As soon as you collide it with reality, you'll realize what the flaws were. So stop the thinking, stop the planning, stop the dreaming, and start thinking about how in the next day or so, you can begin finding out what's really happening out there. Make one match and see and go, oh my God, this was way harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Or go, oh wow. Even though they were really specific, the person I gave them, they loved. Yeah. Just that, you'll learn a ton. Mm-hmm. So stop thinking. Start doing yeah. it. But listen, everyone is going to tell you that'll never work. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of this beast. And a lot of the time they're going to be right, but your job is to prove them wrong. And when they say that'll never work, go, yeah, well, I'll figure out a way to make it work. Because sometimes I promise it does work, and I'm living, breathing proof of that.
1: And you know what, Mark? I'm going to say that to you, and I will make it work. I'm going to execute. I'm going to really, as what you're saying, stop thinking and start doing. And you're so right because that's what happens is when you start just getting your mindset and you're not really proving yourself with the point that you're trying to make. I want to be able to prove that. I think just me just getting statistics, getting the background of where it is and doing my research a little more in depth will really help me figure out where connect to care can go. If it isn't what we're talking about today, it might be something a little bit on the left. And I can be like, Hey, Mark, you know what? You were right. But I figured it out this way. And this is how it's working out. And I want to be able to, I will say, I want to be able to prove it.
0: I'm going to use my magic powers here and project into the future. I see it clearly. It is going to be different than you imagine now. So let's find out what that is. Yeah. And all you owe is that at some point in the future, I'll reach out and I'm going to want to find out how it all went. And I hope you can uh, share with me the journey you took to try and figure out and hopefully that you figured it yep. out.
1: Will, for sure. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, Mark.
0: My pleasure. Good Thank luck. Thank you. Really. Thank you. Right. Like so many entrepreneurs, Gurpreet has drawn on our core experience to identify an area in drastic need of disruption home health care. But before she sinks her limited resources into building an uber-like technological solution, she first has to demonstrate that people want what she has to deliver before she figures out the best way to deliver it. I really can't say it enough. The trick is finding a quick, cheap, and easy way to find out if your idea is a good one before you sink money into fancy technology. So that's all for today, but before I go, I want to thank Kapreet for sharing her business idea with me, and I look forward to hearing back from her in a few months to see if my advice helped. If you want to discuss your business challenges with me, I'd love to hear from you. Just visit me at markrandolph.com. That's Mark with a C, Randolph with a PH, or call me at one 888 markpod pod That's 1-888-627-2763. Together, We'll figure out your best next steps. In the meantime, if a 30-minute podcast is too much for you, check out my short-form ramblings on Twitter at MBRandolph or see it all prettied up on Instagram at ThatWillNeverWork. Of course, you can check me out at LinkedIn at, well, shit, you can figure that out yourself. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to smash that like button and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time. Thank